It's This Week in Bourbon, dropping bourbon news like it's hot. And here's your headlines for January 21st, 2022. Mellow Moments is cutting back on sending out birthday gifts. Japan now recognizes bourbon and Tennessee whiskey as distinctive products of the United States. Buffalo Trace launches their first NFT with six liter bottles. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Welcome back, everybody. Another great week in bourbon heading to you right now. We've got a lot of good news kind of queued up for you. But I, when I did my intro, I could see Ryan sort of smirking. You, you yeah. like by dropping it like it's hot? Yeah, I couldn't keep it together just hearing you say that. <laughs> Talking about bourbon is like the ultimate. I, I can't even say it, but <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> It's, Two dudes sitting in like, a basement, you know, talking about bourbon, talking trying about to keep bourbon. it entertaining. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You you kind of reminded me of Jimmy Fallon on SNL, just right. like just can't just can't keep it together. Keep, can't keep it together. Hey, I think he was probably one of the 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 main characters in SNL that just constantly just always lost character and just couldn't couldn't keep it and laugh. But I think that's what made him so enjoyable to watch sometimes. And honestly, it made the scenes probably funnier than they really were. Yeah, there was that one, the Californians. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. that he was like... You gotta go up the I-40 and then you take the... Yeah, yeah. And you gotta go down the coastline. Yeah, that was a good one. And then Chappelle, when he was doing... Uh, he was on SNL and I can't remember which character. Maybe it was like Uncle Ben or somebody. Ben's right. I can't remember which one he was doing. And he just like... Or no, he was doing the Allstate guy. And he just started like crying, laughing during it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, he's he's pretty good about about losing his cool or like keeping it together, and it just it makes it better. It kind of reminds me. I mean, what was it? The probably the most iconic one where that nobody could keep it together 
was doing Don't Fear the Reaper and Will Ferrell oh, yes. there holding the cop yeah. and his belly's hanging underneath that shirt and everybody's just losing it like <laughs> as he's trying to be serious. I mean, that's that's a talent in itself just to hang around those people and do like live skits and keep it together. <laughs> like that's crazy. I know. I'm I'm around some friends of mine. I, I we we actually have a mutual friend, but back in college, I mean, he's just he was a crack up dude and I I would be laughing the entire evening with him, so I wouldn't know how to be able to do that as a job and just take myself seriously and not and not break character every single time. But uh, enough of uh, improv talk, I guess. Yeah, get back to yeah. bourbon. Let's get back to bourbon. How about a little golf and bourbon? I'm sure if you were on Facebook or maybe even Instagram at any of this any time this week, you probably saw a University of Louisville basketball fan drained what may be called the shot of the year on Wednesday night at the KFC Yum Center. So Kevin Birch is the putt for Pappy winner that actually is held by Liquor Barn. And so what they do is they have somebody come out and they have to put a 96-foot putt from one end of the court to the other. So during the halftime of the Cardinals game against NC State, he was picked to try his luck at the full court putt. And that night, it's 96 feet, but he did it like it was no big deal. The crowd went wild, and Birch ripped off his jacket, and he was firing L's and guns ablaze in the air, and he went home with a bottle of 23-year Pappy Van Winkle. Did you end up seeing that? I did. It's the the only positive thing coming out of the University of Louisville uh, oh, these days. Gosh. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. But uh, no, that was impressive, and uh, it, it, what's even more incredible is on a wood floor, you know? It's like, gosh. Oh, yeah, because like those dimples could make it roll anywhere. Oh, I know. It's uh that I mean the pure it had to be pure luck. I mean they're I mean, maybe he practiced a ton, but that you know what it was stunk is if they like he did that and they gave him like not stunk, but like here's a ten year, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would definitely here's be a, a, or a lot B something. Yeah. I, I did see an article from Barstool that criticized it a little bit that said this guy sank a ninety six foot putt. Like even Tiger Woods probably couldn't sink this putt, and typically they give away college scholarships, yeah, or for half court shot or something. <laughs> yeah, and they were and they were like, this guy gets a bottle of bourbon, and at best, it's they said it's like a three hundred dollar retail bottle. Granted, you can get it for three or five thousand on secondary, but they said this is that's absolutely insane that you only give somebody a a twenty three year old bottle of bourbon for sinking a full court shot. But hey, this is also Kentucky. Yeah, I mean. I know. <laughs> I have seen people do a lot harder things for uh, for a lot more. So it's uh, or sorry, less harder things for a lot more. So yeah, that I kind of yeah that now that you say that, it's kind of it's kind of funny to think about it in that perspective. Right? But, hey, it's Kentucky, and you know, it's I'm sure he was probably elated to win like anybody else would have been. Oh yeah, just the attention alone. Like he'll be that dude forever hey man you're the guy who made that putt <laughs> i mean i kind of want to just try like go to the the local y or something like that set up something at 96 feet and just see how hard it is on a wood floor oh good luck <laughs> he must practice a little bit but let's move on a little so i saw this this was posted in the mellow moments club of the four roses sort of facebook group and they put this out there. Now, I didn't actually see this in an email, so I can't say it's actually official, official that it came out. But it looked official enough inside of the Mellow Moments Facebook group. And they said, instead of receiving a birthday gift in the mail this year, or from here on out, club members were vi- that would be visiting the distillery will receive an exclusive Mellow Moments Club gift 
when they visit their new bar and cocktail lounge, which is called Bar 1888, and they order a cocktail or a pour. In addition, they're rolling out private barrel selection opportunities limited solely to club members. And you can stay tuned for information later this year on how you can have a chance to participate in a selection and purchase bottles from these selections. And there's other perks of the membership too, like including a 10% off discount on merchandise ordered online or exclusively in the in the gift shop. There's other bourbon lotteries from time to time. And they say, and as always, club members can schedule one complimentary tour per year or at their in-depth legacy store, or sorry, legacy tour. So I thought this was a little weird to, you know, but I thought it was always kind of interesting. Every year you kind of get these little knickknacks in the, in the mail from Four Roses and I guess they're cutting back on it. Is it like, uh, you know, Chevy Chase when he gets the Jelly of the Month Club? You know, you're like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what's this? I'm expecting something better. Yeah, it's it's kind of what I was thinking. Are people upset was... in the group? No, actually, it was there was the the tone seemed pretty mellow. I guess that's the way to put it. <laughs> no pun I mean, intended. They, yeah, I mean, they, they nobody seemed really upset by it. I think it's probably one of those things that I don't know. I mean, you get a cocktail stir in the mail, you get. Um, some sense of like, you know, needs or need some mint together in a, in a jar. So I don't think it was something that was necessarily like mind blowing as a gift or anything like that. And honestly, if you think about it with how much it costs to be able to create these little knickknacks, it's probably more expensive to ship them than anything. Oh, so totally. now, yeah. Cause you're spending what, six, seven, eight, nine dollars per person to ship stuff. And these things probably are buck 50 or $2 a piece. So uh, you're, you're wasting a lot of money just in the shipping thing. So I think it's, it's unfortunate to see that, but I get it. It makes sense. And it also kind of gives more of a reason to make you want to go and visit the distillery as well. Yeah, totally. You know, I don't know if maker still does the wax coaster thing you get, you know, as an ambassador or whatever. I remember always looking forward to those when you got like the wax coasters and like the gifts from makers when they had their, I don't They're know. They're still doing it. Are they still yeah, doing I mean, it? Yeah. Like for Christmas this year, they sent a, a puzzle and it was like a 200 piece puzzle or something like that. And that was kind of interesting. So yeah, the makers are still doing it, but you know, it's one of those things you got to do a, a, a try to Yeah. I'm sure it. some bean counter was like, guys, we could save <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just let make people come here and we'll give them a cocktail. It'll it'll be much better. Yeah, I'm kind of curious if they're going to open up Mellow Moments more now because Mellow Moments was also one of those things that it only opened up one day a year and it was open on their website. It was open for less than probably 30 minutes because people would rapidly sign up and then it was closed until the next time. So it's a little bit different than Makers. It was a little bit more exclusive like that, but now they're... You know, I I, th- I would think that they could probably open it up a little bit more. And they had some cool access to events too. Like you could, I remember, you know, during the Bourbon Fest, they had some stuff. Or like when they released the limited edition, then like mellow moments, people get first jabs at it. Yeah, you actually got to go into a second lottery. Actually, maybe it was the first lottery. You go into a first lottery for mellow moments members to go and get a limited edition bottle, and then you could potentially double dip by going into the the larger pool of general public so you did have a little bit there still a win-win so showing your mill moments if you can enjoy yeah just enjoy it don't complain yeah. it's free stuff at the end of the day go buy some bourbon and think it over <laughs> 
All right. So the Senate Bill 620 was passed by the California Senate Committee on Governmental Organization. This happened on January 11th, back in 2022. Back in 2020. Uh, last week, Kenny. Sorry. Uh, it now heads to the California Committee on Appropriations. But this new measure provides critical revenue for California distilleries who are now able to ship their spirits products directly to consumers, just as wineries have done for more than three decades in the state. The California Senate Committee and all those other people, Discus, American Craft Spirits Association, uh, the American Distilling Institute, they all sent a joint letter to the Governor Gavin Newsom last month urging him to approve Senate Bill 620. And in the letter, the groups pointed to a survey that was conducted in March of 21 by IWSR Drinks Market Analysis, who we used to have back on the podcast at one point, which they found that more than 75% of Californians surveyed agreed that they should be able to order spirits directly from distillers and that distillers should have the same privileges as wineries to ship directly to consumers. Since 2005, the number of retail employees at liquor stores in California has increased more than 30%, and employment in the wine and spirits wholesaler segment has grown from 50,000 in 2001 to around 87,000 today. Now, I put those numbers in there because there was a lot of back and forth, and we get a few different sort of varying viewpoints in bourbon news that sort of hits my email, and there was one side that seemed heavily skewed in favoring the distributors who were against this particular bill, go figure. And they were trying to claim that, oh, this is going to hurt the small people. This is going to hurt mom and pop shops. This is going to hurt uh, distributors and all this other sort of stuff. So I'm glad to see that the Senate approved this direct-to-consumer bill. And we're going to hopefully, gosh, fingers crossed, we've been talking about it for years, just continue opening these doors up across the nation. Yeah, hopefully it's a ripple or domino effect you know hopefully once that big state goes others will fall suit but you never know every state's weird and has their little nuances and whatnot so but it's a big win for uh everyone in the distilled spirits space so let's hope it continues on yep continue that trajectory just keep it going so we know what we talk about the the kentucky bourbon trail you've heard of the the kentucky craft bourbon trail heck you've probably even heard of the tennessee bourbon trail but experience columbus ohio has announced the launch of its new columbus distillery trail it's a carefully curated experience co-sponsored by destination grandview that welcomes locals and visitors alike to the city's world-class spirits maker experiences this new trail joins columbus ex existing curated guides to experiencing the best the city has to offer including the short or sorry short north art trail curated by the short north alliance and the columbus coffee trail which i know you're a big coffee person ryan so Sign anyone, yeah, so anyone 21 or over can download the Distillery Trail's digital passport to get started. And after making any purchase at any of the four stops, visitors earn a custom Simple Times mixer featuring a delicious blackberry lemonade flavor. But if you visit all seven, you can earn the proof is in the proof Columbus Distillery Trail t-shirt. And the Distillery Trail passport covers the following stops. You have Echo Spirits Distilling Company, Middle West Spirits, Endeavor Brewing and Spirits, Watershed Distillery, Corky 51 Spirits, Noble Cut Distillery, and High Bank Distillery. So I know we do have a lot of listeners in the Ohio region, and I'm pretty sure there's a bunch in Columbus. So now you know that you have your own distillery trail happening up there. Yeah, and there's some good things happening at Middle West and uh, Watershed. Um, good friend of mine, Aaron Harris, is now master distiller there. Came from you know Barton and then Lux Row. And so things are, uh, positive things happen in that region. So that's good for that Columbus area. Yeah. I, like Not I just said, Ohio I'm, State Buckeyes. You can get your bourbon <laughs> too. 
<laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I know we have a lot of Buckeyes that listen to the show. So it's it's kind of interesting to kind of see that. I, I know what you had mentioned. We we do get a few different media samples coming from Middle West as well as Watershed. So we get to try a few things. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that. And hopefully we kind of see that sort of flourish. I, I'd be interested to see how well it does. I know everybody kind of talks about Kentucky as being the, the big one. But heck, if you, if you can't get down to Kentucky and you have to be in the area, now you got a reason to go drink whiskey in your backyard. That's right. It'll be like Yauntville or something. You know, instead of Napa, you got Yauntville, you know, which is <laughs> a couple hours north of California, or maybe so. I don't even know where it is, but somewhere in California. But We'll get a map. But probably we'll a similar out. distance to like from Napa, whatever. I'll stop talking. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> we'll keep going. So Virginia delegate Nick Friedis is on a mission to do away with state-run liquor stores in North Carolina. He filed a bill this past week that calls... Oh, sorry, not North Carolina, Virginia. I apologize about that. He filed a bill this week that calls for the Virginia Alcoholic Beverage Control Authority, or their ABC, to get rid of all real estate used as government stores. This bill would also support eligible private businesses obtaining a license to sell packaged hard liquor. Currently, right now, state-run retail stores can sell distributed liquor. And Friedis, who is a Republican who represents Madison, Orange, and parts of Culpeper County, said the agency is a relic of the past. Prohibition ended nearly 90 years ago, and there is absolutely no reason to maintain a state monopoly on the sale of alcohol. Virginia is one of 17 states with government-run alcohol sales. Now, it's news. Do I see this actually going anywhere? Probably not. No, no chance. You can you can file all the the paperwork you want, but that is you you're talking about trying to flip over something that provides I don't know what hundreds of millions of dollars in government tax and resources. So that's uh, no go. Yeah, that's one. Uh, what you know with California passing and whatnot, you're always curious like. And you hope shipping and you're like, man, there's a lot of state run stores that just are never, never going to just probably never jump on board. Yeah. But I mean, you saw a lot of criticism come to Pennsylvania during the pandemic as well. I mean, if you remember early on, Pennsylvania liquor stores closed and what people do, they started flocking to nearby states to go and get stuff. And every day that they were closed, I think they, gosh, they were losing like $15 million dollars every single day the state was when they were closed. Maybe it was even more than that. I just know that it was it was an asinine amount of numbers, but that kind of just goes to show what happens when you have this sort of centralized monopoly system in place. It's very inefficient and you don't, you sort of have this sort of, you know, like one head can kill all the tentacles underneath of it versus having them all be, you know, living on their own and having their own dichotomy of being able to make decisions of, of what they should be able to do. So I know that they are, they caught a lot of backlash for that. However, who knows if, if they're ever going to sort of see reform or change or something like that. It'd, it'd be good to see that, especially in some of these control states. Um, there's, there's definitely ways that it can be improved. Not to say that Kentucky and the three-tier system is any better. The whole system needs to have a little bit of revamp, but holy shit, we could talk about that one for another three hours if we needed to yeah we could do a 10-part series on <laughs> on that so we'll we'll move on <laughs> we'll move on so i uh, i know i've shopped at the party source ryan i know you probably shopped at the party source too up there oh, in yeah. northern kentucky yeah it's right by it's a new pretty, Riff, right yeah it's actually it's right in it it's they in the share parking, a parking lot, lot. Right? yeah yeah they share a parking lot we had ken lewis on the 
podcast a long time ago. He was he's the one who started the party or not the party source. I actually he might have bought it, bought it or something like that. I can't remember. There I just used, know there he used was, to be one in Louisville too, right? Party source. Yes, the, it was Springhurst. Yeah, he ended, like he ended up selling that one and kind of moving it around. Uh, but then he had the party source up in Northern Kentucky, and then he sold most of that to go and start New Riff. So, but the party source anyway. If you're in the Northern Kentucky area, you're having to be traveling through around Cincinnati, it is massive. It is a massive, massive, massive liquor store. But they are going to be opening a new in-house bourbon bar this year. And that bar will take place of the former Braxton Labs Bar and Brewery. And it is yet to be named. It's going to be a full-service bourbon bar. And they're going to say they're going to offer the best selection of bourbon in the greater Cincinnati area. And guests will be able to taste and order bourbon inside of the bourbon-themed bar. The bar is slated to open in late spring and early summer of 2022. So look for that towards the end of this year. So if you're up in that area, congratulations. You got a new new watering hole coming at you. Very nice. You got Northern Kentucky's got a lot of great uh, whiskey bars, liquor stores, and whatnot. It's a hidden gem there, you know. You got And you got New Riff there, too. So, yep. They're going to a lot of cool stuff. They're going to be like, watch out, Columbus. We're going to start out <laughs> Northern Kentucky Trail. <laughs> Well, I mean, you do have, I mean, they, they kind of have something like that already. You know, they've got the Beeline, I think is what it's called. So they've, they've, they have their own sort of bourbon-ish trail, well, like bourbon-ish line, I guess you could say, across some places. And so I know like Brad Bonds with his Vintage and Revival Spirits Company uh, is up there. And there's a, there's a lot of cool things that are happening. And I think the one thing that probably doesn't probably get brought up enough and maybe we take it for granted here in Louisville is that you go to liquor barns, you go to Evergreens and you go to Westport Whiskey and Wine and they all have tasting bars and they have a huge deep selection of either limited editions or store single barrel picks or anything like that. Sorry. And I also want to mention Frankfurt Avenue Liquors. All these places have amazing depth of, of things that you can go taste and it's insane how cheap it is. I mean, you're talking what sometimes as low as three to four dollars a pour if you're looking at the sort of lower end stuff and you get to the higher end stuff i mean heck there's some places we were drinking dusties for a pour and they're fifteen dollars i mean that's that's just one of those things that you get with a, a store that's going to not going to try to make their margin um you know on trying to sell drinks at a restaurant instead they look at it as an opportunity to help do sell through of product that's actually sitting on the floor yeah i love being able to go that's one of my favorite thing about going to justin's house of bourbon i'm like I mean, all the dusties are cool and everything, but I'm like, let me try your all's barrel picks. What's new and exciting? You know, let me, that that's what I enjoy. So, uh, yeah, more, more stores should be do, able to do that. Or if they can do that, do that. Cause, uh, you end up trying it and you're like, well, I'm going to grab a bottle, you know? So it's like that free sample at Costco, you know, you just <laughs> get that in a hot dog on the way out. That's right. And a water, <laughs> 25 cent water, 25 cent water. It's the way to do it. So our last sort of bit of news for the night is that Japan has recently become the 44th country to officially recognize that bourbon and Tennessee whiskey are distinctive products of the United States. And this is according to the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. So Robert Marin, he is the Discus Vice President of International Trade. He said that Japan ranks as the top export market for American whiskeys. And this action will ensure the integrity of these popular spirits in this critical market. American whiskey exports to Japan reached around $89 million from January to November of 2021, and that's the latest data that's been available. But between 2010 and 2020, Japan grew from the fifth largest export market for American whiskey to the top export destination, with American whiskey exports increasing by nearly 51%. 
However, as a part of this agreement, the United States has also initiated a similar process for several products as distinctive products of Japan. And this went into effect back on December 22nd of 2021. I didn't know that they weren't already recognized, <laughs> but I'm glad they are. Well, it's just one of those things that, you know, we, we call it, you know, in our laws that it's a distinctive product of the United States. However, that doesn't mean Mexico, anything. And, yeah. yeah, Mexico, Switzerland, Iraq. I mean, they, they're not going to sit there and they, it doesn't matter to them. They could go and create a whiskey with 51% corn and they could call it bourbon. We could, you know, put our middle fingers in the air and snuff our nose at them all day long, but it's not going to change anything. I wonder so how much bourbon is in Iraq. Probably <laughs> I don't <not> know. Much. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. They're like, but we hate everything America. <laughs> but I'm just kind of saying that's, it's one of those things that, you know, you have to, you have to have these amicable agreements or whatever. And I think it, it does ensure the, it. Yeah. it does ensure the integrity of the product in the, the day. Yeah. It's just like for Kentucky bourbon, you know, it has to be here, made here. And then a year and a day aged here. And it, you know, without that, anyone could just say, oh, it's Kentucky bourbon. So uh, no, I get it protects the integrity of the product and well i think part of this as well and i hope people don't get upset about it they're all because gosh what's the one thing people always talk about they're they're like we need more bourbon in america blah 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 blah. and you see that now we're actually exporting 51 percent more to japan i'll be interested to kind of see where this where this goes but people won't get pissed at japan they kept bourbon alive on life (laughs) support for However, fit 20 years, so uh, don't be mad at Japan. You can get mad at all these new countries jumping in, but uh, don't get and mad in Australia. You, they they kept bourbon afloat for a while. And if you like Blanton's, you have to like Japan because that's the only, that's where it comes from. They own the label. That's right. So that's just one of those things that uh, if, if you can't be a hater on it, you got to be a fair player in the game here. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with some bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's point of sale Go Mobile device for a battle tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award winning 24 7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. 
Welcome back, everybody. We got some bourbon release news to talk about. The year's starting off a little strong. We got some some new things that have kind of been happening. So the the product launches are starting to roll out. I think we're going to see a lot of cool things happening this year. I think that was probably one of the one of the picks for 2022 is or predictions for 2022 is that I think it might have been Brian that sort of said you're going to see a lot of these companies start coming out with a lot of different types of whiskeys that they've experimented with years ago and they've just been sitting on them forever and now they can sell them because premiumization is a thing and people are willing to spend on random stuff that's no longer an experimental collection it's now a line extension yeah i can't say that word premium we still we slip over i still get tongue-tied with it but uh no i agree i mean yeah what so tell me what what, what's what's coming out (laughs) Well, I'll tell you the first one, and this is because it's in celebration of National Bootleggers Day, which is uh, happened on January 17th this past week. So the brand team at George Remus has developed a, memor- a memorable collection highlighting some of its best bourbon offerings. So it's a limited release of Remus Repeal Reserve Collector's Box Set. So this unique collection of limited release bur- bourbons is housed in a false front book that's set and fit for a 1920 speakeasy and features four 375-milliliter bottles of Remus Repeal Reserve, one from each series of one, two, three, and four. This Remus Repeal Reserve collector's box set is limited, with only 600 sets being available, and it'll begin being available here in January 2022, but it also has a suggested retail price of $600. Dang. But, uh, yep. Ross and Squibb. Sonage must be expensive. Got to got to create some new banners. We need some t-shirts. Somebody's got to pay for all these. <laughs> all this new brand to roll out, you know. But I do like the Remus line. Uh, Fred one night brought did a blind tasting for some friends of ours. And man, that Remus, I think it was a 12-year. Good Lord, it was good. Yeah, they do. Have, I, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of the Remus Repeal Reserve. And, and I do like on a lot of the front of these labels how they list out the percentages of each mash bill and yes, the years I, that go into the, into the blend. So they're very transparent with it as well. Yep, totally. But I also saw a box, or sorry, a picture of the box for this. It looks pretty slick. I mean, it, I'm not big on packaging, but I saw it and it's it's pretty cool. I'll have to look that up. The Remus. Yeah, there was, I mean, it's, it's just like a, it, it looks like a book set. You know, think of pulling a book back and having a door creep open from a secret speakeasy. I mean, that's kind of kind of what it looks like. It kind of like folds down and you can hide your oh, bourbon yeah. bottles in there. And That is nice. See? See? I wasn't lying. They got all the cool things happening there. Yeah, it's got each one. Like, yeah, I like that. All right. We're going to Ross and Squibb getting some. <laughs> I just love that name. I can't let it go. <laughs> I know you do. I can't let it go. <laughs> We're going to call you Squibby or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we know that as of the past few weeks, Barrel Craft Spirits has seen a lot of press because of our buddy Fred Minnick putting him them as number two with their seagrass release and his 100 whiskeys of the year, which, by the way, let's make sure we preface this and says that United was disqualified from being in his top 100 because people thought that if he put us in there, that we, we paid for it or that we twisted his arm or we put a knife to his neck, something like that. And, and so we didn't, we didn't make it in there, but I, I want you all to know that he did message us and he said it was damn good. And he probably would have made a top 10 potentially, potentially. Yeah. He was nervous it would win. So he didn't want to deal with the, the pushback because he's from, 
He's still scarred from McKenna. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And no hard feelings. Uh, the, the winners were all, I mean, Russell's reserve 13 was by God, you know, that's, I love that. That, and the seagrass mm-hmm. was good too. Yeah. Well, this is again about seagrass because barrel, you know, they, they launched barrel seagrass, which is a blend of American and Canadian rye whiskeys that are finished in three different distinct casks and that earned a double gold at San Francisco. But now this award-winning independent bottler and bottler of unique age, cash strength and source American whiskey and rum, they are going to introduce BCS gray label seagrass, which features hundred percent Canadian rye whiskey aged for 16 years and this has been sourced and finished in Martinique rum, Madeira, and apricot brandy barrels. This is going to be bottled at 130.82 proof. It's very precise. And the suggested retail price is going to be $250. So I guess that's one thing to say you got you got a hit. Might as well double down on it. Yep. Joe and Trip just keep rolling them out, man. And just keep earning medals. Yeah. It's like, it's like um, you know, they, they got 11 sitting in front of them. It's like, all right, let's double down. Let's see what we can do here. Because this, everybody loves seagrass. Everybody just went nuts over over it. And it's really cool to see that. And who knows, maybe they probably had this already inside the hopper and, and way before. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they. Before Fred you know, had the. Had, it's only been like a week. I don't think they <laughs> did a brand rollout a week after to get, val- I, it, they waited for validation from Fred to roll it out. If if you're small and nimble, you can move fast, but that's that's really fast. That's lightning speed. Yeah, I, it takes at least a year to roll out any project in this business. Very true, very true. But again, really kudos to them on on the awards. And I guess uh, you got to go and see what this 16 year BCS gray label because their their gray label is their super extra premium uh, offering. So those always start around two hundred fifty dollars. So I just want to know where Joe's got all these like old barrels. I'm like, they just keep coming out. I'm like, they got to be running out soon. They don't. They just keep coming out. Yeah, we talked about it before. I think if if since he was early in that source market, so he's probably number one on the call list for a lot of these brokers that are out there like, hey, I got some interesting. What, you want it? Sure. Sh- ship it. We'll I know who will want this. Joe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always call Joe. Always call on Joe. All right. So our last story for the evening or for the day or your drive, whatever you're listening to this, is that Buffalo Trace is donating 2,022 bottles to charities this year. And it's going to go to 501c3 organizations and registered charities are encouraged to register for a chance to be awarded a bottle, which the nonprofit can then use for fundraising. So Buffalo Trace will take care of sending the bottle to the selected organization. The only thing they ask is that you return uh, for the recipient report back on how much money it was raised. So here are all the things that are encompassed in this 2022 bottles. So there's going to be 300 bottles of 375 mil, sorry, 300, 375 ml bottles of the single Oak project bourbon. That was a limited release from the most extensive bourbon experiment ever undertaken. An entire Weller vertical consisting of special reserve, 107, 12 year foolproof single barrel and CYPB or craft your perfect bourbon. Of course, we couldn't do this without talking about Blanton's. So an entire Blanton's vertical featuring the original single barrel, a gold and straight from the barrel bourbons. And also E.H. Taylor Jr. special releases consisting of just regular E.H. Taylor. You have the 18-year marriage, the amaranth, and uh, four grain. So amaranth was what? That was the grain of the gods. And then you have four grain and as well as E.H. Taylor Jr.'s warehouse C. 
And this was the big one that I kind of mentioned at the top of the show here is that they're going to have five bottles. Each of these are six liters in size of going to be of the 1982 old fashioned copper or OFC bourbon. And these, however, will be available via NFT or non-fungible tokens in mid-February with more details on that coming. So if you are running in a 501c3 or you have a nonprofit or a charity that you work for, all entries must be received by March 31st for consideration and winning charities will be notified of their status by April 29th of 2022. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. I mean, it's cool to see them donating. It's it's also, I think we've talked to some people when they say, we need you to tell us how much you raised because that goes back into what they can then say, oh, uh, we donated based on the value that it, or how much money it actually raised. So it looks like a, a huge tax write-off for them at the end of the year. Yeah, it's interesting too. They're going on the bottle route versus, you know, they, they used to do barrels, you know, a lot of barrel donations and they raised a ton of money with those. And so I'll be, I wonder if it'll raise as much money just doing it by single bottles versus, you know, barrels. Some of these barrels would go for $7,500,000. And uh, so I'd be interested to see if it's, I'm sure some being counter counted said, you know, this will probably be equivalent, you know, and it's less, you know, taxing on us to have somebody, you know, sell a barrel, then have them come down, pick it, do this and that, you know, and then to a lot of, you know, even though people would do the barrels, they'd, look at it as an investment, even though it's charity, they'd be like, well, we're going to buy a barrel and then flip them on the secondary, you know? So I'm sure True. that's, uh, this will deter a lot of that as well. Yeah. But this is also spreading it out amongst 2000 different charities. So you get to impact a lot more people pretty, you know, pretty heavily. And, you know, the other thing to also note about this as well, I think last year when they did this, they did it with their six millionth barrel or maybe five millionth barrel or something like that. And they would send out a 375 of this particular Buffalo Trace barrel. And that's what went to different charity auctions and stuff like that. And I know that raised anywhere from, I think at the low was like 250 and at the high end was probably like a couple thousand dollars for a 375 ml of Buffalo Trace bourbon. So that's, uh, it's, it kind of goes all over the place. So it'd be interesting to kind of see, you know, who's going to get selected for these and whether you get a full vertical, whether you get one bottle, uh, whether you're one of the lucky ones that gets a six liter, dude, a six liter yeah, we should of talk about 1982, that. a six liter bottle of 1982 bourbon. I mean, holy crap, that's insane. Yeah, that's, that's a big old bottle. It's like those display bottles, you know, just for on the bars, you know, those huge ones that you're like. Yeah, they're just filled with sweet tea. Right. Yeah, they're not even real. I know. That's, gosh, I don't even want to know what that goes for. How much, you know, how much ETH have... does it go for? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, they used to have like cradles for some of these bottles, like gallons. Like, I'm going to need a crane to move a bottle like that to pour anything out of it. Definitely need like. Two, two person, <laughs> two person lift to carry that thing out. I'm going to have to get a hose and put it in there and suck on it and siphon it out. Like it's the only way you'll be able to pour your bourbons out. Oh yeah. You got to pour a pump on that or some, you know, just like put like a syrup pump on it. <laughs> so you don't have to tip it over every time to get it out. Yeah. I mean, they have to think of something. Could you imagine if anybody had that and then, you know, just worst case scenario they just drop, they just drop it <laughs> it's like it's falling it's falling i can't stop it i can't stop it <laughs> i could totally see some rich dude on a boat with that bottle just <laughs> like 
the waves rocking and all, they're like, oh, and it falls <laughs> up. <laughs> Strap it on the back of your jet ski, have people pouring shots out of it. Oh, yeah. It's, I, yeah, I don't need We'd that. have a party with it. That's what we do. That'd be insane. Oh, yeah. I'd put a, like a shampoo dispenser on it and just go around squirting <laughs> it on. <laughs> Like, open up you don't even need a shot glass just go ahead everybody just open up mouth wide open go ahead spray it in there and go on to the next person yep we'd have we'd have some fun with that one but yeah six liters i i think that's might have been that might be the first six liter bourbon i've ever heard of i yeah I mean, we've seen it we've seen it in the wine world plenty. i mean i've seen the gallons you know from ogd but that's as big as i've ever seen well maybe we'll actually see a picture of it when they talk about more details coming in mid-february so we'll we'll probably talk about this one one more time before it's all said and done. I want to know the glass order on that. Do you have to order a pallet of six liter bottles? That's or, a good question. That's that's a lot of sick. That's big glass sitting around. It is. Well, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to put more stuff in six liters and figure it out. I mean, who knows? They, they're That'll starting be their seven millionth like, barrel. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool when you think about it, though. Like, they they tend to go against the grain on a lot of things. And, you know, we had talked about earlier about just NFTs in general. I said that there's no way that this is going to catch on in 2022. I think it's going to be a little while. But my basis for that theory was that you need somebody to really be a jumping off and and kind of get the rest of the world on this. And of course, Buffalo Trace does it in the third week of the year. And so maybe that is maybe that is the jumping off point. And we're going to start seeing uh, Heaven Hill and Four Roses and all these other kind of people start jumping on and, and really looking at this because it, it makes sense from a collector's and a whatever kind of perspective. I mean, who knows? I, I was just because they've been so against the secondary market. And I don't know, this kind of, to me, validates the secondary market or auctions or whatever. And so I was kind of mm. surprised to see, but maybe they know that their products are, that's what they do. And so let's try to protect them or some, somehow. I don't know. It's interesting. Or maybe you do it because it is this six liter bottle and it's just so like ridiculous. Like you, you're not going to go to a store and find a six liter bottle. Like this is something that is like they have, if they're going to keep it on site, <laughs> they kind of can't take of that much space. So uh, let's put it in the tallest bottle we can find and stick it in the corner. Right. I don't know. All interesting. There's a lot of cool things. There's a lot of cool things happening. Who knows? Maybe we'll see more big ass bottles in, in 2022, but who knows? Well, that it? That'll do it. That'll do it for this week in bourbon. We touched on a lot of cool things. Yeah. We touched on, uh, I, I don't know if we're going to go a, a week not talking about NFTs this year. It just seems like it always comes up now, but. I know it's like, now I got Gary V all over my feeds yelling about <laughs> NFTs and I'm like, I'm sick of them already. And they ain't even started. <laughs> go to V friends, go buy one now. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't, don't go and <laughs> ruin your life trying to buy JPEGs right now. I think sort of hold off a little bit. Re do you always do your research? I do like that's, this Remus case though. Uh, that's pretty tight. Yeah. With the see? books folding down. I mean, mm -hmm. once Actually, you know once what? Everybody gets Holy those, crap. Now, did you think about it? What was my prediction for 2022? I said, we're going to see vintage everything. And I said, we're going to see vintage packaging. We're going to see all yeah, this sort of stuff. And so this go. might be the first vintage package. Man, look at my crystal ball more often. Yep. And then the OFC with the big gallon bottle going after yeah. OGD. I know. I know. 
Oh, well. Well, I thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. And make sure you stick around next week for another week of more bourbon news coming at you. With that, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next time. Can't wait.